0: Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we're fortunate to have Eric Kirsch join us. Um, I met Eric not too long ago at a healthcare innovation event. Um, Eric's had a a long or I guess not too long of a road of entrepreneurship Um, he continues to march down that road trying to bring healthcare entrepreneurship to Charlotte partly on his own um, and partly with some of the help of others so um, we connected a couple weeks ago on on the phone and I thought it'd be a, a great idea to continue that conversation here on the podcast so Eric thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me.
0: So um, we um, we started our conversation a couple weeks ago. With, uh, um, you know, certainly have a couple things that we want to talk about today. Um, you're bringing a healthcare innovation conference to Charlotte here in a couple weeks. I want to touch base on that. Um, you're part of a larger organization, um, the Society of Physician Entrepreneurs. Certainly want to touch base on that. But before we get there, Eric, can you just... Um, take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today, your entrepreneurial journey, if you will.
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, Well, I've actually been an entrepreneur for a long time. I think I started my first business when I was 17 years old. Uh, What was it? I actually ran basketball leagues. (laughs) And uh, over seven years of college, it just about paid my way through. Okay. Uh, Where are you from? I'm originally from Buffalo.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a large contingent of people that have fed the snow here yep. um, in Charlotte. So.
1: Yep. Yeah. And as soon as I graduated school, I uh, came down here to work as a physician assistant.
0: Okay. So that was, um, if we can date you real quick, Eric, how old were you when you moved down here? <laughs> I was 26. Okay. So, um, and that wasn't even the right question. When did you move down here, Eric? 2003. Okay. So 2003. So you've been down here for 13 years. So uh, yeah. actually 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so what um, you you came down here to be a physician assistant. Um, how long did that last?
1: Well, um, as far as an employed physician assistant, it only lasted about three years okay. and sure enough, I got the entrepreneurial bug again yeah. and opened up my own practice. okay uh, and within several years had multiple locations, uh, a very unique innovative type of uh, specialty practice. Although I will say that, um, although it satisfied satisfied certain needs, there was always a frustration uh, in that healthcare was so dysfunctional. And despite being financially rewarding, there was a lot of frustration coming home every day, being a part of that system.
0: So you started it, um, I guess, two thousand three. You started in two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, you grew it to multiple locations. Um, and then what happened after you grew it to multiple, what were the locations?
1: I had one in, uh, Charlotte, Mooresville, Asheville, and Cary.
0: Okay. So that's diverse. Put you on the road a little bit.
1: Uh, yes and no. Uh, back then it wasn't too common, but I did telemedicine Okay. and I saw more than half of my patients through telemedicine. Uh, that's actually what got me started in technology is we didn't have a lot of good solutions. So I learned how to code, and I built a lot of my own solutions
0: at the time. Okay. So what did you do with the solutions? Did you keep them yourself, or did you share them with other folks, or how did that end up working?
1: Yeah, I mostly kept them for myself. Um, Looking back, I wish I had uh, known how to build a a company in itself out of those solutions. Uh, And that's kind of a problem I see with the entire medical community. We have a lot of good ideas, but we don't know how to develop those ideas, and so what I see happening a lot in healthcare is everybody else is developing the ideas, without the medical community, and almost forcing those solutions, you know, into healthcare.
0: Yeah, rather than having the idea bubble up within the healthcare community and then serve, like you, you had an excellent idea, you developed something, you just didn't distribute it to a larger um, or broader client or. Um, almost monetize it, right?
1: Yeah. It didn't even appeal to me because I was so obsessed with my, you know, individual practices and patient care.
0: Yeah. So you had four different locations. You grew that over, um, over a couple years. What'd you do after that?
1: Well, I had a a family. In fact, I had three children within 14 months. Wow.
0: That keeps you busy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And at the same time, again, there was a lot of frustrations with healthcare. Uh, it was, There was lots of changes about to occur from meaningful use, medical records, which would have penalized me for keeping my own solutions, Okay. Um, competitive bidding, and the respiratory space, which is where I was. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot of uh, independent physicians around me who referred me business, who were joining healthcare systems, Mm -hmm. um, who weren't going to refer to me. So uh, in light of our newest family members I decided to sell it to the systems okay and got out for a few years
0: when was that I
1: believe 2007
0: okay so you sold it in 2007 give or take yeah. so I'm not even sure yeah fair do. enough yeah. um so um, so you sell the business you spend some time back home with the family um, And then you've slowly started to reintroduce yourself to the entrepreneurial community here over the course of the last couple of years, right?
1: Yeah, I did some part-time consulting work to keep myself sane during those years of of intense child care. I mean, that was a much harder job taking care of three children than uh, anything else I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, once they were in school, then I uh, got back into the entrepreneurial spirit I now had researched a lot more through my consulting work. I learned a lot more about the industry, and I wanted to make changes on a larger scale. And so that's what I've been doing ever since.
0: So where does that bring you to? You're talking about larger scale. What types of changes are you looking at, Eric?
1: So given my background in medicine, uh, management, and technology, I had a lot of ideas for technology solutions that could help healthcare in general. And I created almost a reverse holding company in which I would create prototypes, pilot them, do customer discovery around them, and if they got traction, we would fundraise and then launch those companies. And since I started doing that approximately four years ago, we've had three companies funded. Two of them are viable. The other one is still, you know, has some uncertainty. and we have a couple other ones that uh, we're considering.
0: Okay. So, um, I mean, obviously you obviously have an entrepreneurial background. Um, you sold your four practices um, or your practice with four offices um, a number of years ago. Um, but getting into a space where you're creating a reverse holding company, so to speak, and um, developing companies and selling them all, I mean, that's a different ball game, right?
1: It's, it's very different, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of mistakes made along the way, and yeah. that's half of the learning process. Yes. But I've learned to plug myself into the entrepreneurial community because uh, what I've found is, is healthcare providers in general, because we are so busy and distracted and we're not traditionally trained in business, uh, there is a big void between, you know, our expertise and our ideas And how to get them out there and do these types of things, uh, which was kind of what prompted me to get involved with the Society of Physician
0: Entrepreneurs. Okay. So, um, what's that done for you as far as being a part of that society from an entrepreneurial space?
1: Well, again, through mistakes, I I figured out what I needed to do, how to do it. Uh, So, I didn't take. I didn't uh, be. I basically founded the Charlotte chapter of the Society of Physician Entrepreneurs, which is a national association. And it was kind of a way of giving back in that I learned how to do all these things um, without the resources being there. So we wanted to provide a resource that basically bridges the the gap between the healthcare professionals and the rest of the medical healthcare entrepreneurial community.
0: So... um... You've got two things going against you right now, as I see it. Right, one is that the entrepreneurial community here in Charlotte is still uh, very much in its infancy, um, and two is that Charlotte's not known as a bed of healthcare entrepreneurs or just healthcare in general. Right, um, people typically look up the road to Cary or. Uh, not Kerry, but to Chapel Hill or Duke or you know, that area, um, Boston or any number of other big healthcare hubs across the country. How are you overcoming that perception as you work with healthcare companies here?
1: Well, um, any anything that can be considered disadvantaged can often also be looked at as an opportunity. Yeah. And to I think that Charlotte has the potential to become um, a healthcare entrepreneurial hub.
0: What what provides that opportunity in your view?
1: It's uh, a good question. Well, Charlotte has certain strengths, and I think we just have to find an identity as far as what strengths we are going to marry to healthcare innovation. You know, Raleigh has their obvious strengths, which is the R&D, and, and that's why they have a strong pharmaceutical and uh, medical device industry. Yeah. I don't think Charlotte needs to compete with that. I think mm-hmm. we need to complement that. And that might be something involved with logistics. That might be something involved with marketing or commercialization. Okay. But we're still exploring that identity.
0: Yeah, fair enough. The companies that you've helped launch over the course of that have received funding. I think you said three of them. What space have they filled?
1: Um, so one is, uh, they're all healthcare technology companies. Okay. But one is focused on delivery of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Essentially trying to create a free market. And what I, what I consider not to be a free market. Uh, industry.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah, the other has to do with um, helping independent physicians uh, develop more resources, and last has to do with continuing medical education and trying to decentralize the trend of centralized virtual medical education.
0: Okay. Um, let's circle back around to that in a few minutes. That's uh, int- the last one. That int- sounds interesting to me. Um, But as part of your involvement with the Society of Physician Entrepreneurs, you are in the process of putting together a conference here in Charlotte on September 20th, um, the NC Healthcare Innovation Conference, and I believe this is the first go at it, is that correct?
1: That's correct. It is a startup in and of itself. Okay. So we formed the Charlotte chapter of our society last October. Okay. And uh, we're always looking for more members and more help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we decided we wanted to help facilitate uh, the the gap between again healthcare workers and the rest of the healthcare innovation entrepreneur community uh, in three ways. One is events, and so we have uh, quarterly uh, events that have to do anything from networking to pitching to learning more about. Um, healthcare. Mm -hmm. Basically a convergence of like minds, you know, in this region. And then we decided we were going to do an annual conference to bring together uh, like minds around the state because we do have a Raleigh chapter right now. We have a Charlotte chapter now. So this is a chance for both chapters to kind of converge and maybe also bring around people from other areas of the state as well.
0: So you've got, so this is a conference that will bring people from Raleigh to Charlotte as well. Um, And hopefully, I would assume, bring people from Asheville and Columbia, too.
1: Yes. And we do actually have a startup coming from Asheville. Okay. Uh, We have uh, several coming from Raleigh and, of course, several here in Charlotte.
0: Okay. Awesome. Uh, um, So, real quick promotion time. How can people find out more about the event and where can they go register?
1: Sure. Uh, In general, all the Society of Physician Entrepreneur events are on Eventbrite, and it's the acronym is SOAP. S O P E. Okay. We currently have uh, a free networking event in September, and then we have our full-day conference. The again, both on Eventbrite. You can also go to the national website to sign up as a member. Okay. Uh, and that is at soap s o p e. Dot net.
0: Okay. What types of people are you looking to show up to the event? I mean, is it mainly healthcare? Uh, or is it physicians that? Have an entrepreneurial bug to it? Um, is it investors who are looking for things in the healthcare space to invest into? Is it just community members at large that are trying to figure out what's going on? Um, who who do you want to show up?
1: That's a great question and we want a little bit of everybody because that interaction is very important. We do, want uh, investors to come to the meeting. We want entrepreneurs uh, in all different aspects of healthcare innovation. We want people looking to get involved with healthcare innovation. Uh, we definitely want medical professionals, both with ideas, ones who are willing to become advisors and share you know, their expertise um, and so forth. And I would say right now, we probably have a good one-third healthcare professionals, one-third Investment community and one third entrepreneur, uh, as far as our our ticket sales for this conference.
0: That's fantastic. What makes it, um, what makes the conference a success the first year? I mean, I remember, so I put together two conferences for the first time. um, And I remember the first time I put together a conference, success for me was having somebody show up. (laughs) um, Right? So, um, I I didn't necessarily set a high bar to achieve. Unfortunately, I I, I went over that. Um, but what makes sure what makes sure it's a success?
1: Um, I, you know, I always aim high, okay. and um, a, and I I just I just hope that I had enough sponsors to cover the event. Okay, that we had enough. Entrepreneurs to pitch to fill our yeah. time slots, you know, our speakers. Yep. And so far, we've kind of checked off everything on our list, and, and the last thing is just making sure we have good attendance. Okay. And so far, our ticket sales are are, are pretty good. Uh, we have some fantastic innovation co- uh, companies pitching their concepts and their ideas. So and what will that
0: pitch be like? What have you designed it to look like so far, Eric? Is it do they get ten minutes to pitch? Is it is it like a pitch competition? Um, What are you going for on that? What's it going to look like for the day?
1: So uh, our morning is is basically we have really renowned speakers, mostly from North Carolina, and there'll be talks about FDA clearance for medical devices, Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical research phases, um, health technology challenges, uh and and so forth so to so, really give you a background about the industry okay and then our afternoon is going to be breakout sessions with 30-minute slots for all the companies that are pitching their innovations
0: okay so the morning session is going to be geared towards helping people understand what some of the um opportunities are to be entrepreneurial go out start companies within a space um that has a current challenge right somebody points out this flaw or somebody points out how the processes and steps within the FDA process, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yes. It it doesn't matter whether you're an investor, an advisor, or an entrepreneur. You need to understand how medical device FDA clearance works and the phases of development of a a pharmaceutical and so forth. So we kind of just have very brief talks touching on all those um, topics.
0: Yeah. So a process of educating folks for the first half of the first half of the day, and then the second half of the day, showing them some people that are already doing what they might have in the back of their mind. Exactly. So it's a fantastic event, um, and I would assume the goal would be to start to run this on an iteration, right? As an annual event that you start to run in every September, um, build momentum, and continue to grow healthcare innovation here in Charlotte. Exactly. Okay. So. Um, Really cool concept. Can I add one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: Uh, so that that evening, we also have a a networking event affiliated with the conference. Although people can certainly go on their own, but that's when we do our Discovery Place Science on the Rocks okay. network event. And they've given us a private room for you know just our conference attendees. And the theme of the of the of the evening is going to be on the heart.
0: Okay. So, fantastic. What does that mean? Um, the heart um, talk a little bit more about that right?
1: uh, yeah I I don't know in full detail I know one of our uh, startup companies actually does work with cadavers and the plasticized bodies and they pulled some strings for us and so we are making the theme you know and some of the events at Discovery Place that evening related to our, our conference
0: okay that's awesome so then you've gotten good support from the community at large for helping you, um, pull this together and push it along.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's been a lot of work for me and yeah. I, of course, always looking for help. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I always appreciate when people throw out a little lifeline for me.
0: How do people, how do people <laughs> reach out to you to help you along the way, Eric? Uh,
1: you know, I, I've mostly had to reach out to other people Yeah. and, um, but every once in a while, someone comes to me and said they heard I was doing this, and how can they get involved, and and so forth.
0: Okay, so um, very um, very cool concept for Charlotte. I mean, again, you you've married two concepts that um, I think are building in Charlotte, kind of that healthcare space. I've um, I've seen a few things as well, um, and then just the entrepreneurship in general. So certainly. Um, Hope it's successful for you as well as for the city of Charlotte because I think you know to your point there's some things here that allow it to be successful. Let's go back and talk a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey if we don't if you don't mind. Um, So you move here, um, kind of fresh out of school. You start your business. um, You sell it. Um, What do you do for? I mean, you you raise a family. Um, But what do you do to kind of stay active for those years where you're kind of staying home um, and looking around to see what else is happening? And then you come out of all of that, right? You've been a successful entrepreneur. You come out of it, and there's this little bit of an entrepreneurial community that's developed, right? So how do you start to plug into that, and how does it all play together?
1: Okay. I initially stayed active by, um, again, three little Children, one who had a lot of special needs okay. and was adopted, uh, it did t- consume a lot of time. Okay, uh, But uh, at least once a month, I would fly to San Francisco or, or fly to Raleigh to consult for some large pharmaceutical companies, and it was anywhere from package and uh, marketing design. Uh, we tried to create virtual marketing programs in medicine, which is often difficult mm-hmm. uh,
0: How did you find those consulting gigs, though, right? Where do they just, they fly off the roof, or where do they come from? Do you go find them, or do they find you?
1: They found me. You know, I I started off in a subspecialty that was very new, and...
0: um, Which was, the respiratory? uh, Sleep disorders. Okay, sleep disorders.
1: And I quickly got a reputation as a really good speaker. Okay. uh, And subject matter expert and so they would hire me to you know fly around and speak at all the big conferences uh, on clinical matters related to their products. Okay. And um, somehow maybe it's because having my own practice and and learning how to market it to other medical providers I got a reputation as having a good kind of marketing background uh, especially strategy, product placement, things like that and um, you know, I, I, just was offered more and more, you know, gigs.
0: Okay. So you flew out every now and again to San Francisco. You went up to Raleigh as well. When you were out in San Francisco, did the, just the startup kind of entrepreneur scene in and of itself out there, um, uh, just, is it just when you fly into the airport, does it just slowly pull you in or did you see it or, um, what does that, what does that do to somebody that's already got the bug?
1: Yeah, honestly, I. Uh, when they flew me in, it was 12 hours a day in a boardroom, like knocking out the workload that they had for me. Yeah. So I I really was kind of sheltered from all that. And it wasn't until my children started school again, um, that I had these, all these ideas festering over years that I was finally able to say, okay, I have all these ideas. I just want to let them all out. And again, I didn't really know how to do that. So I just like started throwing darts at a dartboard and waiting to see you know what happened and just learning by trial and error
0: so um what's the first dart that you throw out i mean right so we've got um we've got 2.5 million people in the broader charlotte metropolitan area right um are bound to be other people that are out there with concepts and ideas that want to push the limits a little bit further but um like you at that point in time they don't know how to do it so how do you get how do you how did you get started Wow.
1: Um, The first year or two, I tested out so many ideas. Sometimes it was getting a a physician's office to agree to let me test some kind of idea on site for a couple months. And then, you know, based on that, I would, like I said, that was our prototype, and I would build a business plan and see if it would sell. Um, Again, I had a lot of ideas that just didn't seem scalable or feasible, uh, and and we didn't launch anything, uh, but over those years I had a few ideas that that did get traction, and 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 we
0: were moving along with them. So you, um, so you pick up the phone, you call the doctor's office, and say I have an idea. Um, will you let me come in and kind of test it, test it, and play around with it a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, given my background of all the speaking engagements and marketing my own business, and I, you know, I, I used to belong to all kinds of organizations. that would help run a lot of nonprofits. I just had a lot of contacts, and um, which is now, you know, coming back to help me um, as far as launching these these new businesses.
0: So your brand from the first quote unquote the first part of your career allowed you better access as you were starting to launch into the second second aspect of your career
1: uh, absolutely
0: I mean how, do you, it, how did you build that I mean uh, how do you build that brand
1: well you know it in general and, and this is part of the problem with uh, healthcare innovation again there's a gap between the medical community and the rest of the community so it, it's physicians and PAs like myself and nurse practitioners are very hard to access mm-hmm. because they're so busy and they're very in their own so. world, right? So I already had those connections, and um, you know I advocate for for a lot of things in healthcare, uh, whether it has to do with independence of physicians or again this helping the local physician assistant association, you know, stay relevant. Uh, I would say. Over the last seven years, you know, I've gone without a salary, okay. and i probably spent more than half my time just doing things as a volunteer yeah. and just giving and giving. And they were done for the sake of the, of themselves mm-hmm. you know, and of themselves. But at the same time, that probably did help develop the brand of, you know, these are things that I actually care about yeah. and so forth. So it, it's much easier for me... To get access to a lot of healthcare professionals, uh, you know, in this area, than say a non medical person or a person who hasn't done some of those things.
0: Yeah, so you sell your business; it gives you the financial freedom to um, to do things that you want to. But you've got the itch to come back. You go out to some medical practices. You test some concepts. Some of them start to seem seem to stick. You raise money. Um, so again, another box that you've never necessarily done in the past. What's the fundraising process like for some of the things that you're going through right now, Eric?
1: I've learned, first of all, that it's nonstop. Huh. You never stop trying to fund. Even when you don't need the funds, you are fundraising yeah. uh, because it, it really is a nonstop process. But it's actually important because even when you're not raising funds, it, the whole process of pitching and, uh, and building those decks it helps you refine your ideas. It helps you learn the proper messaging and mm. so forth. So even if people aren't trying to raise money, I recommend going through that process. Yeah, um, I found it to be particularly challenging in this area for healthcare, though. Um, a lot of investors and VCs, uh, first of all, there's I don't feel like there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of traction with the investment community here, and there's not just a lot of investors. Period. A lot, a lot of VC groups. If you really want significant funding, you need to go outside of Charlotte. Yeah. But that being said, for what we have, there's really not a lot of knowledge about healthcare. So um, you know, when you start pitching things, there's always certain assumptions you make. Yeah. And um, you have to be very careful when pitching it because a, a, you have to realize that. People don't understand a lot of these things, and again, so that's part of the reason of, of setting up these talks and these conferences where we talk about, you know, healthcare economics and 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 policy and, and so forth and regulation.
0: Yeah, no, um, it's been, um, it's very interesting. I and mean, to your to your point, I mean, there's just not a. There's not a lot of knowledge on investing in general in Charlotte, and then you add in the fact, I mean, most folks in Charlotte that do the investing um, are former bankers or lawyers or something else. So the knowledge of the healthcare space as far as to how to be an investor in that space is is much, much smaller in and of itself. Um, So we're kind of wrapping up on the end of our first podcast here, Um, and as we do um you know, we've touched base on your journey a little bit the the conference the NC Healthcare Innovation Conference that you're putting together here in September 20th I want to pivot in the second one and I want to talk about what you thought you were going to be uh when you're going through school where you thought you'd be at age 40 versus where you are today uh, I want to talk a little bit more about what you want to be when you grow up um because I don't know how many of us actually know what we're going to be when we grow up um And then just talk about the broader Charlotte community from an investor perspective. Learn more about how you have found, how you've successfully found investors, knowing that you have to go outside of Charlotte. How do you start to ring those numbers Um, and things like that? So, um, because you're somebody that's kind of pierced it in Charlotte um, without really being part of the broader Charlotte investor community, if I see it correctly. So, I just want to see how you've successfully navigated those waters. But again, I've enjoyed the first part of our, um, our conversation. I look forward to continuing the second part here in a few minutes.
1: All right. Thank you.
2: William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Seacrest Blakey & Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, line A under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.